Hey there, I want to take a quick second to thank you for listening to the Focus Point Podcast. I hope that you find a blessing and encouragement through this episode. I hope that you'll share the episode with your family and your friends. If this is one of your first times catching us, or if you want to find out more about us, or if you want to listen to other episodes, please visit thepointoffocus.com, and there you will find our podcast archive as well as more information. Once again, that's thepointoffocus.com, and once again, I thank you for listening to this episode. If you could grab a copy of the Bible, whether it's paper or electronic, and go with me to Isaiah 53. We're going to be there for this very special Good Friday episode. And much like last year, we're just going to spend time and we're going to just read through this chapter found in Isaiah. And just not take too much time or with deep explanation or anything, this episode's going to be a little different. It's just kind of going to be, um, as God kind of directs the, the conversation here, um, and how God kind of directs me as we, um, journey through Isaiah 53. And the reason for that is, is I wanted it to feel a little bit different because back in the, back then, like this good Friday was different. This, this Good Friday was a different kind of mood. Um, if you were with us last year when we were doing the Last Night with Jesus series, uh, we concluded that and then we jumped into Good Friday and we just spent time just reading the um, what Jesus went through. And so if you want to check that out, that's available in the archives of that whole series or just the episode from last year. Um this time we're going to kind of do the same thing, but we're just going to spend time and as God directs um, here in Isaiah 53, we will just kind of talk and have a conversation um, in this chapter. So if you're there, um, I'll join you and we will um, start reading and we will just um, commentate commentary along the way. Um, and as I said, a little bit different, maybe even a little bit shorter of an episode today. Um, so Isaiah 53 verse one, it says, who has believed our message to whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew, my servant grew up in the Lord's presence, like a tender green shoot, like a root in the dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. So that right there. It's just talking about Jesus' childhood, how he grew up and he, he was he was man and, and how he grew up and how he wasn't special, like he wasn't devastatingly handsome and anything like that. He was just he was just a man. There was nothing that would that would draw us to him. It was he was he was just a man. And then as we talked about in Psalm 118, this next verse, he was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. So when we when we read something like that in verse 3, we, we talked about it a little bit in the Palm Sunday episode. That this is the, the point of rejection. 
for Jesus. This is where people fully rejected him, allowed him to go to the cross, and, and all of those things. And so this is saying that we didn't care. And it seems kind of harsh, but, but in reality, Jesus went to the cross for the payment of our sins. You see, Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. The payment of sin is death. Something has to die to take the payment of sin. And we talked a little bit about this in our uh, Genesis series toward the beginning of the year when we looked at what Adam and Eve did and that now something had to, to die to take their place. Something had to die to cover their sin. And as we go forward in time... God eventually puts in place in Leviticus 16, he eventually puts into place the Day of Atonement. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a later episode. But basically, it was where the high priest could go into the temple, into the Holy of Holies, where no one could go and stand before God and sacrifice and, and, and provide a sacrifice for the people of Israel and their sins to, to um, make that payment for their sins. And so Jesus here is, is that um, is that lamb, is that sacrifice. And so when we, we turn our backs on him and we look the other way, it, it's kind of symbolic to what they might have done back then. I mean, his disciples, we know, kind of turned and ran away and kind of hid and went into hiding. And when we... Um, when we do things, right, it's kind of figuratively saying that we we keep putting Jesus on the cross and we keep we turning our backs, even though he was what he went through for us, right, we, we still do some of the things that we do. Um, and that's just kind of like a big world kind of thing. It's just this idea that Jesus went through the payment for sin so we could have life, so we could have life in his name, so we could have eternal life. And people still reject it. People still just despise him. People still um, don't care. And as we can, so as we continue, it was our weakness. Um, in verse four, yet it was, yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down, and we thought that his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sin. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. And so this is, those two verses are saying pretty much what I just said. That he wasn't being punished for his own doing. He was that sacrifice for us. He took our weakness. He took our sorrows. He took our sin. So that we could be made whole. So that we could have life. And when it says like it was it weighed him down, that is t understandable as we see him sweat drops of blood in the garden. The weight of all of what he was doing and all of what he was going to go through and what he was going through it for was um, just just weighed him down. And then it says all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Verse 7, he was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was like a lamb led to he was like he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. 
and a sheep is silent as a and as a sheep is silent before the shearers he did not open his mouth unjustly condemned he was led away no one cared that he died without descendants that his life was cut short midstream but he was struck down for the rebellion of the people he had done no wrong and never deceived anyone but he was buried like a criminal and put in a rich man's tomb so this is basically talking about his trial that happened in the hours leading up to his his crucifixion it was done over it was done pretty much overnight it was done in deceptive and deceiving and unethical ways in order to get accomplished what they needed to get accomplished and Jesus then just sentenced to crucifixion and it's shown in the movie The Passion of the Christ how it's just Pilate just wipes his hands of this like he he's saying pretty much that the people are doing this not me even though he still had the power to stop them and so it says that he did no wrong he did nothing to to warrant this thing this um this this type of treatment but he never said a word and Jesus as it just says here just unjust, unjustly condemned and just treated harshly treated harshly by what people said treated harshly by the way they treated him treated harshly by what he went through and like I said he was a lamb led to slaughter and that's um, Jesus is often referred to as the Passover lamb. He, he's the one that comes to take away the sins of the world. To come to be that payment for sin. But um, as we see verse 10. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin. He will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life. And the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. That is what Jesus came to do. It says in uh, um, Hebrews, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. This what this is kind of describing, like Good Friday. Like, why would we call it Good Friday? This was anything but good. It's been now, hypo, like, in hindsight, called Good Friday, because we know, with with the power of hindsight, that Sunday is just around the corner. That that what happened there, but this this event that happened on this day was anything but good. People watched in horror. People watched with joy. People watched with confusion. People watched with um, fear. Like it, it, all of the different, all of the different um, emotions were present at the cross with Jesus. Like I said, there were people there that were there just because there was a crucifixion going on and they wanted to watch. There were people that were there because they were sad. There were people there because they were happy. There were people there because they were somewhere in the middle. There were people there that didn't even really know what was going on. There was all sorts of different people. And when we think about um, the overall series that we've been in, this journey to the promised land, 
like when we think about the the good plan to cause him grief, like it's it's in a, a good plan to be have, have grief to have sorrow. That's in a good plan. As we, we we've talked a lot about what God has for us and the blessings that God has for us and the plans that God has for us. As we've been looking at Abraham's story, um, and as we go into Joseph's story in a in a couple weeks in that journey to the promised land series, uh, we'll really see the the good plans. Like when when people turn away, when people betray us, when people turn their turn turn away from us, turn their back on us, when people go a different way than us, when when all of this stuff, when people treat us bad and unfair and all of these things, like that's in the Lord's good plan. Grief. When we look at the life of Jesus, the grief that Jesus went through, the the pain that Jesus went through, the sorrow that Jesus went through was for something good so that we could have life. And then verse 12 kind of puts this big crescendo on it. I will give him the honor of a victorious soldier because he was ex- because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and inter- interceded for the rebels. So here's this victory this comment this this victorious soldier because in Jesus in what Jesus did he wasn't really dying he he was giving us victory because he knew he'd said it tear down this temple and I'll raise it again in three days and people thought he was out of his mind because it took Solomon X amount of years to build the temple and all this stuff and you're going to rebuild it in three days and all of this and they thought he was crazy they thought he was demon possessed they thought he was out of his mind but he knew that they were going to tear him down they knew that he was going to be all the things that were going to happen to him but he knew that he was going to come out of the other end in victory. That's why when you read verses, like in the book of Hebrews, when you read that verse, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Well, what joy is there in being crucified? What joy is there in going through that? It wasn't the crucifixion. It wasn't the the enduring the cross. It was the joy that he saw in all of our faces because going to the cross would give us victory. Going to the cross would give us life in his name. That was the joy that was set before him. That was the joy that was was in his heart and in his mind. The joy that he saw in our faces knowing that we can have life. Knowing that we can have freedom. And that's what Jesus, that's why Jesus went through what he did. And that's why we look back at this and we, we realize what Jesus went through. Uh, you can reference John 19 um, to uh, find that. Luke, uh, Matthew 27, Mark 15, uh, and Luke 22, I believe. Don't quote me on that one, but that one's a little fun. But you can find this this crucifixion account. Um, John 19 really kind of lays it out. Um, as I said, if you want to um, dive into John 19 a little bit, um, you can check out last year's Good Friday episode. But 
I want to just leave you with this, this idea that Jesus, the payment for sins, that he was, that he was despised and rejected and felt our, felt the grief and the sorrow and all of that, that he can empathize with us, that he was a man that went through great torture so that we could have life, so that we could have freedom, so that we could have eternal life. And so I want to, I want to read it one more time, verses four through six, and then we can, um, go on with our day. But in verse four, it says, yet it was our weakness that he carried our weakness to fall subject to sin, our weakness to fall subject to, to our, to whatever our weakness. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And and we thought his troubles and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sin. But he was pierced for our rebellion and he was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him, yet God laid on him the sins of us all. That is what is on Jesus today. That is what Jesus was experiencing today. He was experiencing all the sins of the world were laid on his shoulders. That is what we focus on today, what Jesus went through so that we could have life, so that we could have freedom. We'll see you next time.